Hey everyone, welcome back to our podcast edition. This is Claire. And this is Cece. And hello friends to our headline news edition of our season 3, episode 11 of Sendition on February 20th, 2022. We have three very interesting stories as usual and even better takes, so let's get into it. So the first one's going to be a very, very long one. And if you don't live in the Bay Area, and I feel like even if you don't live in San Francisco, you probably have not heard of it. But I think it's pretty relevant to many places across the United States. So recently, three SF Education Board members were voted out. This past Tuesday, those three members were voted out in a recall election with a 70% vote to do so. The total turnout was about 25%, or one quarter of all registered voters in San Francisco, and they came out to vote on this election that had already been set in stone for a few months now. The members in question were Allison Collins, Gabriela Lopez, and Faruza Maliva out of the total seven members of the board. One could say that it was all because of the pandemic. So if you lived in SF, you probably heard of this controversy when during the height of the Black Lives Matter protests back in June 2020, the board started an initiative to rename all the public schools in the SF district to be more racially sensitive or acceptable, you could say. In particular, parents were pissed off because the board, they believed the board was spending time on renaming schools instead of getting their ba- uh, kids back in school. And remember, back in like 2020, everything was online. Uh, it was remote, and even into the fall, schools started online as well. There were very few schools that were in person. In addition, the board replaced the test system of the SF Union High School District for Lowell High School, which happens to be the top-performing school in the district and one of the best public schools in California. So uh, how the system before worked was that students were given standardized tests in eighth grade um, to determine which high school they would go to, and also like their middle school grades. So it was like an application process, sort of. Mm -hmm. And everybody wanted to get into Lowell because Lowell has a lot of resources, and many people graduated and got accepted into really, really good colleges. I think one year there's like, you know, for the majority of public high schools, you get maybe like zero to two Ivy League admits every year. But for them, it's pretty common. I would say you get like 20 or so. And the SF uh, Board of Education wanted to replace the test system with a lottery system. So that means you just, it's like random. You'll get into school based on just a lottery ticket. And a judge had later ruled that the board broke rule, uh, like their committee rules when trying to change it into a lottery system. And because there's a ton of factors bringing out this anger that people had towards the SF Board of Education, I'm going to give a few pieces of, like, bits of info, and then we'll piece it together. Mm-hmm. So the first one is that a major, a big major voter block in this recall were Asian American parents. Um, second one, it, uh, there's that the voter turnout for this election was half of the usual turnout for a regular election. San Francisco has a tradition of liberal politics. Mm-hmm. SF ha- actually happens to have more dogs than kids. 
and a few tweets of Miss Collins came up that compared uh, Asians to house slaves. So we'll start with the beginning. So not even from statistics. I think, Claire, if you want to chime in on this, but from experience, Asian Americans are very opinionated when it comes to education and in particular higher education. Am I wrong? No, you are very much correct. And this is my take on it. So I know we haven't gotten to the whole analysis part, but I think we get to sprinkle it in is that Asian Americans do, of course, care about their kids learning and being more open and critical to the world, but the reason they do so is not in particularly to develop some sort of um, world education, but rather about this, what I termed selective success. So, of course, Lowell High School provides kids the opportunity to get into Ivy League schools and major UCs. And it's safe to say that Lowell High School students have declining mental health. Yes. (laughs) I think that is a major issue in a lot of Bay Area schools as well. Mm -hmm. And so, specifically, East Asian American parents believe that secondary education is the way to go right it's the way to success and by going to low high school they have a better chance in being selected in this type of success and i don't want to call it selfish but you know not everybody can get into ivy league school and i'm not saying that you don't have like some people don't have the potential but it's impossible the ivy league will only accept a certain amount people are going to get rejected no matter what that's how the system works you know, and so of mm-hmm. course, parents want to put their kids in a situation where they are part of that five percent or that four percent, three to one percent, and it's quite interesting but not surprising that East Asian American parents were a big factor in this recall. Recall, and the reason why it's a bit interesting is because despite Chinatown's rich history in SF, the Asian American political prowess in recent years has definitely declined they make up 18 percent of the eligible voters even though they are 34 percent of the sf population and the traditional test system for high schools has been known to increase asian american student rates at lowell and other high performing high schools while they decrease black and latino student representation in those schools and with remote learning the district has found and released evidence supporting that remote Learning has widened this racial gap in educational achievement. So that, especially those two, are the reasons why there's this, um, like, there's this strong, not strong, sorry. There's this very strong opinion from Asian American parents. The uh, SF and uh, NAACP actually argued against this recall, stating that the recall election was based not on whether the board violated the rules, but rather just policy differences, which by tradition should just be addressed at the next midterm or general election. What they mean by policy differences is just because uh, these parents don't agree with what the board did, it doesn't necessarily warrant a recall. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's sorry, what's happening. Oh, and okay. Is what, oh, sorry, just to clarify what they mean by, like, um, policy differences. Like, of course, 
you, when you vote people in, you're you agree with their policies. But if you change your mind, you you're supposed to just wait the the next election, right? You recall is when something really bad happens. They broke a like a major rule or like unhappy with how not unhappy but like there's an extent of unhappiness i guess <laughs> so the like i said in the beginning the reason why i chose this is because places like san francisco new york chicago los angeles are major petro, uh, metropolitan areas that have been known to be very liberal and I think, Claire, you've, you've done a story back in, uh, like, a few a few months ago about New York schools and their gifted program and how they're kind of getting rid of that in order yes. to bring uh, more students into, mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. with more opportunities for high, um, higher educational achievement. And yeah. there's back there was backlash, right? And I think yeah. as schools uh, how do i say this as cities are trying to make up for this racial inequality in education whether it's performative or genuine right you're going to have this change in schools and because there's this change in school something so fundamental and school has like school systems have not changed i guarantee yeah there's common core and whatnot but most things have not changed and I think parents are very scared, rightfully so, of course, right? But they're very scared that their kid will not succeed anymore with this new type of schooling or this mm -hmm. new system. But the thing is, the education is still the freaking same, right? The real, like, in my opinion, the real change should be in how kids are taught, not which kids are taught. Yeah, but I feel like they prob like the parents probably don't understand that though. As long as yeah. they see the good, re like the quote good results coming out, then I probably don't. I don't think that they'll harp on change mm -hmm. in terms of like the educational stuff. They're probably knowing how stubborn some people are. I'm speaking from experience. Um, I feel like they probably. Like, oh, like, it's working, why do we have to change it? Like, I, it's getting my kids into these high-ranking schools, why do I need to want to change how they're learning? Like, I don't, I don't think it'd do any good. Like, what if that damages my future children's, like, opportunities in, in college? Yeah, and it's, again, I wouldn't say this is all statistics. It's, like, still experiences well, like, Lots of parents, especially in the Asian American community, measure how good the school is by how much homework there is. I remember parents used to, like, my mom had told me this, like, parents were comparing how much uh, time their kids spent homework, and that would indicate how well the school was, or how, sorry, how, how, how right. good the school was, which is, you know, not true. <laughs> incorrect. You know, just because you do more homework, just because the teacher gives more homework doesn't mean they're the better teacher. I know, but I don't know why, like, my parents used to harp on homework all the time, but they'd be like, do you have any homework? Are you are you finishing your homework? And I'd be like, yeah, I'm done. Like, you had so little homework? I'm like, yeah. Like, 
Yeah, they're like, well, if you're, if you don't have that much homework, then that school's too easy. Yeah. When there's literally no evidence saying that more homework equals better, like, education. Isn't it, like, low-key the other way around, though? Yeah, I think there's been a flurry of studies supporting that less homework and more, like, a change in how the class is actually being taught in person is much more beneficial. Yes. Yeah, and so with this, like, the reason why I want to bring this up is because although, like, for those listening and even are like we're in high school like we just graduated high school yeah we haven't i've never been to lowell but it's still this prevalent issue in our parents generation that more or less not only affects yeah maybe it doesn't affect exactly how our education goes because we're already too too into it that like what the changes now won't affect us that much but it just, um, like, I think it should be a lesson to us to truly understand what is better for our education because we've been through this education system. Yeah, yeah some of us some of us have succeeded very well in this education system. Some of us has fa- have failed a lot in this education system. And we, like, even if we succeeded and we failed, I think there's a very big majority that would say this is not it this is not how we should learn this is not the best way to learn and we even like we see i feel like we definitely see this inequality in our own like high school and college career and hopefully when we're of voting age which most of us are Mm -hmm. right maybe in your cities you'll take the time out to vote on obviously not telling you how you should vote but always make sure you have you're not kind of blinded by fear and whatnot when you vote mm-hmm, because either you should you should vote anyway you know yeah like and it's, it's helpful <laughs> and it's not that and sometimes it's hard because honestly with this election it's not a time where people are usually voting people are busy right and like it's it shows right only half percent of like only 50 percent of the usual turnout right that's Mm -hmm. not even the full turnout right the usual turnout came out and it's i think if you look into the who voted right Right. definitely the the more wealthy you are and in like in the specific areas of F- SF, you probably voted while in less wealthy areas. There's a lower turnout, and obviously this traditional test system where you can get tutors and get preparation and possible. I don't want to like possible grade inflation. You know. Yes. That's where the wealth, like wealthier parents, have the advantage over. Um, low-income parents mm-hmm. like paying for tutors paying for test prep centers even though yeah like who knows maybe they're not super duper helpful but at least they're doing something right yeah so for the like for people who like 
at least our education, yeah, it doesn't affect us. Like, we're done with high school. But, or maybe you're, like, a freshly graduated student. Like, you're never going to go back to high school. You're not going to have a kid for a few more years, especially in high school, right? I would say maybe 10, 15 years. Yeah, this doesn't exactly matter to you, but I think it's still well worth it for you to turn out and vote. Yes, it's worth the time. I feel like we probably learned this in Gov like two years ago, but I remember learning that a lot of people don't vote because they think, oh, my opinion doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, oh, you just... <sighs> like, I remember my teacher was like, oh, a lot of people don't vote if they know that their state is automatically or most likely automatically going to be either blue or red. Like, they're saying, like, oh, mm-hmm. since it's a trend, you know, since there's more... For example, Democratic voters or Republican voters, then I won't vote because I already know the turnout. And mm-hmm. this applies to both Democratic and Republican voters. But that's not true. Yeah. Y'all should go vote if you have the chance. Be involved. And even without like whether you should vote, I think it's well worth it to talk about the trend, right? Like I said, these metropolitan cities, especially SF, is extremely democratic. I will not say liberal because there are still very... There's, of course, people have inherent conservative ideals, right? That, like, I'm, are still in this city. But there's a good amount of these moderate voters, right, who believe that the current progressives are taking it too far. You know, they're like, oh, I'll let them do that. Oh, I'll let them do this. But, oh, when it comes to this no more and i think that's how these asian american parents feel mm-hmm. and i want to talk about like what should happen so obviously i don't like it was in the height of the pandemic it was not well worth the time for you to start renaming schools like, I thought that was that so was uncalled not, that for. That was such not, a bad idea. It was such a bad move. Like, com- COVID was a crisis, and you're out here renaming schools. <sighs> yeah. And, like, instead of spending the time renaming rena- schools and spending the money recalling people, you could use that money. Because recall elections cost a lot of money, right? And yeah. so why don't they just correctly fund all the freaking schools? They can offer more classes. They can pay the teachers more, provide mm-hmm. more extracurricular activities, more community support. So all students, regardless of what school t- they go to, Lincoln, um, Lowell, whatever. They'll have the same that they opportunities. Can, yeah, yeah, that they can improve, right? I don't mind the lottery system if all the schools were equally funded. But I understand like the reason behind it, right? They're yeah. hoping maybe if each school had equally wealthy and poor students go to the school, the school would be e- better funded, right? Um, mm-hmm. Kids with uh, with parents of higher income are more willing, like, those parents are more willing to chip in for donations, uh, involve themselves in PTO and whatnot. But there's an issue that if that happens, the, like, why the parents would just send them to private schools, you know? Mm-hmm. So... From the perspective of Asian American parents who have enough to spend money, who have enough money to spend on tutoring, but not enough on a private education, a selective high school like Lowell is their best bet into secondary education. 
and I'm not going to argue, like, this is not the story to argue about whether secondary education is the best way to go and why I think there's a bit of a trouble with that, but (laughs) (laughs) I think this whole thing, especially this recall, just widened the racial tensions between communities and SF when it shouldn't be about race. It's more about wealth. Yeah, agreed. And... Do you guys, um, if you guys remember, there was this proposition that came on the bill about, I think, the last midterm election. I don't think it was general election, but it mm-hmm. was like the UCs will go, there was a bill that would require not only UCs, but um, like government workplaces to take in affirmative yeah. action when they're admitting or hiring people. And oh my God, there was so much. People went cray cray. They went crazy about Fear mongering. And there was this thing where, like, <laughs> it's uh, so such so dumb. Like, they were like, oh, um, how do I say? Yeah, they were like, oh, since Asian Americans only make up 6% of the California population, each UC will only have 6% of Asian Americans. Like, be, like, if this bill passes. And I remember, like, on WeChat, it was spread around. On like even, even like somebody made an Instagram account for it. Oh and my god! I was gosh. just like, uh, like really? Like I hope. I mean, I know people believe it, but like I hope people don't. You know? Yes, yes, there are problems with affirmative action, and yes, there are problems with racial and um, socioeconomic inequality in second in like hiring and in. Uh, college but just the sheer amount of like that like it instituted so much fear mm-hmm. into the asian american community yep like i've never seen that much okay in a long time yeah i'm I'm not surprised, but I'm also a bit disappointed as well because, one, I know how much secondary education matters to Asian American, uh, Asian Americans. And there's a lot of us, right, especially in the Bay Area and in L.A. and a lot of places. Uh, but it's a disappointing to see how much we could come together and yet we don't for other things. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking specifically of East Asian Americans. So it's like there are a lot of things that we could come together in, but we like somehow we just we just don't do it. Even though we really have the potential to. <laughs> yeah, and I don't want to say it's selfish per se, but it is a little selfish. More like in self-interest, sort of. Uh, yeah, I yeah. guess. That I mean, of course, like way. the thing is like with how the system works if you vote for your like of course you're supposed to vote for what's best for you and there's a um the concept where what's best for you is also best for everybody else and what's best for everybody else is also best for you but i just wish i could see this sort of like especially in like gen x and baby boomers i wish i could see this sort of community bonding and empowerment in other issues as well. Mm-hmm. Well, 
if you want to learn more, you can uh, check out New York Times. There's two articles about it, one about the regular, uh, just the election results, and another about how Asian Americans were a major force in it. Then we have an article by the SF uh, NAACP and another article by the SF Examiner. There's like four sources. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On to our next story. Olympic drug scandal calls for minimum age for ice skaters. So the first part of this story has pretty much been all over the internet already. A 15-year-old Russian skater named Kamila Valiev tested positive for performing enhancing drugs, aka doping. Initially, she was banned, but then her decision was reversed and she ended up doing her free skate anyway. And naturally, people were extremely unhappy with what happened but there is a definite split saying that Valiev is not really to blame. After all, she is only a 15-year-old, like pretty much a possible freshman and sophomore in high school, and in a country known for doping. Famous skaters like Adam Rapon have defended her by stating that she doesn't have full autonomy over her body and her actions due to her age. The IOC, or the International Olympic Committee, doesn't have any age restrictions, and this is instead up to organizations that are in charge of each individual sport. The International Skating Union has a set of an age limit of exactly 15 years old, but some are asking for the union to raise the limit. This issue had already been brought up multiple times in the past year, but pers- like pretty much nothing has been done about it. This whole thing deals with something called athletic longevity. Many professional athletes, particularly female athletes, face this problem at peaking at a very young age. Yes, their body does mature faster, and they also face the issue of body negativity at a younger age as well. Athletes like Chloe Kim, a snowboarder who won gold at 17, and Tara Lipinski, who who won at 16, have struggled a lot from all the press. The age 25 in gymnastics, skating, and more is considered a veteran age already for women. And as for the physical health, older athletes who started older last longer without injury or exhaustion. Damn. Yeah, I think athletic longevity is definitely an mm-hmm, issue. Mm-hmm. I think it also goes past just athleticism these days. There's like an obsession mm-hmm. with starting with like with like succeeding at a very young age. Yeah, if you're succeeding at 15, you're 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 the best one out here. Yeah. And that's not to say, like, there are some very extremely talented 16-year-olds, but it's also, like, you know, there's also something past 16 or 17. And, like, you know, like, child geniuses, young stars, like, uh, sorry, child stars and child geniuses and young stars are often more more covered by the press yeah the press is definitely more obsessed with them mm-hmm. and of course like the earlier the better the more you can the earlier you can start you know the better it is but i think this causes an urgency that shouldn't be there and i think i definitely see it with like our own lives yeah. you know and even like especially if they start young where there's like you said the press right that's even added more pressure on them to do well because honestly yeah, if it's not good. they don't do well the press is going to be like oh like a failed childhood prodigy or something it's just 
Yeah. Like, it's just so unnecessary. Yeah, and even with the pressure of, like, ourselves, like, I feel like even in high school, I was talking to my mom, I was like, Mom, I feel like I've done, like, like, my, not my life is over, but, like, I feel like my life is ending. (laughs) (laughs) Even when I was 18, like, I'm, like, I'm getting old. And she's like, what are you talking about? Like, back when I was your age, I was, like, excited, you know? And I'm definitely excited, but I also feel like I'm losing something. Like, I'm losing my youth when I should be Yeah, I did kind of feel that way, like, a little bit. I think at the start of the new year in 2021, I was like, damn, I'm turning 18. Like, holy crap, already? I was like, oh, no, I'm crossing into yeah. adulthood now, but I'm, like, 18 now, and I'm, like, bro, there's pretty much no difference. I still live at home. I'm just going to school somewhere else. That's literally it. But I don't know. Nothing much has changed, like, compared to what I was feeling, like, a year, two years ago. <laughs> I think that was unreasonable <laughs> for me to feel that way. well yeah just fyi guys we're not failures if we have not made the 30 under 30 forms list okay we're good and i try to tell myself yeah because there's always that like you know we'll succeed yeah there's always that like oh you have to succeed early or like by your 20s in your own way Mm -hmm. and i'm like "Mm, no you don't like i try to tell myself that but I think as you're approaching that age, there's always that feeling of panicky, like, am I not doing enough? Can I do more? And that kind of thing. Like, should I be doing this? Should I be succeeding by now? Should I have mm-hmm. everything figured out by now? But you, know, you don't really have to. As long as you're thriving, you can always... Like, there's tons of people out there that start their dream careers when they're, like, 40 or 50. Like, there, there shouldn't be, like, an age yeah. limit set on these things. So, I mean, with some sports, I understand with, like, the body and how it works. But also, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, if you guys want to read more, you can head over to NPR. There is an article about this whole Olympic drug scandal and age limit situation. Well, our last, uh, last but not least, we have a story. So the U.S. I said U.C. That's so funny. Nice. I said the U.S. <laughs> no, wait, what? The U.S. has flagged Tencent and Alibaba for counterfeits. So apparently, I didn't know this, but there's a list of sellers, both online and in, uh, phys- like in-person sellers, that sell pirated items. And so far, there are 42 online markets and 35 physical markets that the U.S. claim, quote, allegedly sells or facilitates the sale of counterfeit goods. Uh, So specifically, it's AliExpress, which is under Alibaba, and WeChat under Tencent were put on there for the first time. But other Chinese companies such as Baidu, which is a search engine like Google, uh, Taobao, like an insane online Forever 21, and more have been on the list for a while, actually. Alibaba did release a statement saying that they're going to work with the government to fix it. But on the other side, American Apparel, Footwear Association, and even Motion Picture Association is very happy with the U.S.'s decision. My mom shops from AliExpress. (laughs) She's like, it's 
so Anyways. cheap. <laughs> the frickin' stock. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. I had, um, I went to Hong Kong, and I found these shoes that looked almost exactly like Birkenstocks. But they were a different brand, I'll tell you that. But the design was pretty similar, and I got them for 12 American dollars. I did not give a fuck what anybody said about my shoes. They were $12, and <laughs> I brought them home, and they were so comfy, and they were the best. But then they broke on me, like, a year later, so. Oh, well. If you guys have watched um, Fresh Off the Boat, there's this one episode where Eddie goes back to Taiwan, and he finds these Jordans oh. at a oh. Taiwanese market, and he's like, I have to buy this, I have to buy this, and his mom was... Um, negotiating, and he took a few steps oh and it broke no. apart. Obviously, that's yeah, an yeah, exaggeration. Yeah, but still. Uh, but, yeah. So, the frickin' socks and the fake Gucci belts. It's not a surprise, but it's also... I feel like... Well, I have gone on one, two, three movies before. Me too, so. I've tried. But then I always get these really weird ads. Weird ads. So I gave up. I gave up. Yeah. <laughs> and what you said about like it being a different brand but looking like it, I think what they're talking about specifically in these counterfeit goods are brands that are the exact mm-hmm. similar and with the they uh they market it as the same mm-hmm. brand as well. Did you know there's actually yeah. a huge market for fake shoes like Nike's, Jordans, yeah. Yeah. Um I have friends that have bought from there before and then he's like oh yeah the supplier doesn't answer for a few days sometimes like doesn't answer my text for a few days and then they respond with yeah sorry nike kind of raided one of our stores oh, <laughs> yeah, oh and then they're like yeah i'm back now what do you want <laughs> what do you need <laughs> <laughs> not that i'm back now. yeah so Nike's obviously trying to crack down on these um mm counterfeit companies because obviously they're selling fake shoes for cheaper compared to like oh my god some of these shoes we sell for like two thousand dollars three thousand dollars and of course you just want to get the counterfeit because it's like 200 bucks right that's 10 times less than what they resell for because these shoes sell out so quickly like i've heard stories about people waking up at seven in the morning only to realize like oh i couldn't get my shoes like that kind of thing, and then they're in. If they really want to, they'll have to buy it for a much higher price. So you might as well go to a counterfeit company instead. But yeah. But yeah, there's been crackdown on that recently too. Yeah, and some of it honestly isn't even. Um, some of it isn't even fake. Like oh, because a lot of people have factories in. Um. A lot of these companies have factories in China, mm-hmm. and you know, especially the luxury ones where they don't want to sell too much to like obviously demand. Like the lower it is, the higher demand. The lower the supply, yep. the higher the yep. demand. Sometimes, um, so it's sometimes it's a real thing. Just FYI, but also like I don't want this to perpetuate. Like I know there's a stereotype that things made in China of are of cheaper quality. When it's, you know, it's a, like, it's a bit hypocritical because almost everything is made in China. Like, your iPhones are made in China, Mm -hmm. this and that is made in China. 
episode, it is a bit hypocritical. Uh, not hypocritical, but it like it leans on the bit, uh, the part of hypocritical because there's a lot of U.S. companies that pull the exact same shit. They just brand it. They're just, I want to say smart enough, but I would say because there's more legal laws here, they're quote unquote smart enough to just put a different name. Cough, cough. Shein. A lot of fast, fast, fast fashion steal from the like intellectual creativity of uh designers and honestly fashion designers do the exact same thing i follow this lady called diet prada on Mm -hmm. instagram and basically like a lot of it is calling out other designers who almost literally copy and paste other designers it's so like how do you why (laughs) they don't think they'll get away with it that's kind of funny but the thing is, those designers are both well-known. Yeah, exactly. You know? So why? <laughs> like, because they have supporters. Why bother? You're probably going to get caught anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, yeah, AliExpress is a great... <laughs> you know, there's a lot of stuff I've wanted to buy, but I've never actually bought from there. But I know people who have, My like mom. you said. She's like, oh, it's so cheap. I can get a coat for, like, 20 yeah. bucks. <laughs> And have you seen, like, in Taobao, this lady who's known as, like, the most famous model, Taobao model in the world, where she just hits, like, a hundred poses in, like, No, oh my gosh. (laughs) You haven't seen it? There's this video that went viral where she's just doing poses, and, like, it's click and then change pose, click and change pose, click and change pose. And it's so quick, and she's, like, the most famous Taobao Taobao model out there. I knew she can change poses that quickly, then, yeah, for sure. Well, if you want to read more, you can check out the article at Al Jazeera. Those are our three stories for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. But before we leave you, we still have our Sunday snippet into the past. On February 20th, but in 1985, in... Uh, the Irish government kind of broke away from this, uh, from the Catholic Church's philosophy and approves the sale of contraceptives of things like condoms, birth control, blah, blah, blah. Up until 1979, the Irish law had permitted the importation and sale con- of contraceptives. But um, in 1973, the Irish Supreme Court found that a constitutional right to marital privacy covered the use of contraceptives. But because the Roman Catholic Church and other socially conservative forces were a big pressure, the government was a bit slow to change mm-hmm. the law. But then it Yay. did. I don't understand why adults are so ballistic about keeping contraceptives away. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is all that we have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. And have a great Sunday.